Yeah. All right. Today on Top 5, we are listing our top five favorite band movies. Welcome to Top 5 with Joey Casada. Starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. No! Am I walking around, Park? Co-starring Ernie Palooza. And the doctor, Tommy Snyder. Goddamn. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top 5. I'm your host, Joey Casada. And I'm Morris Day. <laughs> One of my favorite clips in movie history. It really is. <laughs> I guess I know one of your picks already. So Ernie kind of gave it away. Today we're talking about our favorite movies about bands. Now, no doc. So we have a couple Ernie rules as usual. No documentaries. No necessarily. Then these are not musicals. These are movies based on either fictitious bands or real life bands. Right, Ernie? And one of my choices was fictitious, fictitious to begin with. And then after the movie, uh, uh, I'll give too much away. <laughs> Ooh, I, wait a second. Yeah. Oh, may, oh, wait a second. That might be one of my choices too. <laughs> Shit. All right. Well, let's just... So before we dive in, we've been getting some great responses from our last few podcasts. We've had some big-time guests on. We had Eric Martin from Mr. Big. We had Chris Jericho on, the famous wrestler. And just recently, we had Donnie V from Enough's Enough. Thank you for all the feedback, everyone. We're getting great response. Remember to send your emails to top 5 with Casada at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of those episodes. Please send us comments on YouTube. Give us five-star ratings on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps, everyone. So, you know, we can keep, keep doing the show and, you know, listing our top five favorites. But today, we wanted to go back to the originals. Just me and Earn to Burn. Oh yeah, and we're gonna talk about our favorite movies about bands. Ernie, we gotta you gotta start it off. What do you got? Uh, well, you, you first of all you say five star. I'd give us ten star, no? Well, if if it goes up to ten, give us ten. Whatever they whatever they go up to. Oh uh, well, actually, how about eleven? <laughs> is that your number five pick? My number five choice is this is Spinal Tap from nineteen eighty four. Through two decades, 17 classic albums, countless unforgettable concert triumphs, they changed the face of British rock music forever. And the best part is, they're back. Now, they're on the verge of the greatest comeback of all time. Rock and roll! This is their moment. Go right straight through this door here, down the hall. Yeah. Turn right. Their time has come. Rock and roll! Any minute now. Any second. Hello, stage. I think we're lost. A little job there, about 30 no. feet. Jog to the left. Get ready. Get set. Direct from hell. Spinal 
was saying earlier, Spinal Tap was a fictional band when they made this movie. But the movie became so big that the actors decided to record an album and then tour, and now they're officially a real band. Crazy. I mean, you know, obviously this is one of, this is exactly the criteria we're going for today. One of the biggest movies in, you know, in history of, of this category. Believe it or not, as much as I, I do like the movie, I'm not obsessed with it like most musicians are. Most Every musician that I know from my old band ZO2, when we were on the road, we would they would constantly have it on in, in, in the bus or the RV. And, you know, everyone throughout my career, Spinal Tap, Spinal Tap, Spinal Tap. I like it. I don't love it. I don't know why. I've watched it recently with um one of my kids, and it's not as incredible as earth-shattering yeah. as it was when I, when I was um 12, 13, year, or 14 years old when this came out, but I still love it. <laughs> Again, me too. I think being a musician is why I do like it as even a little bit, but I was never into that Monty Python type humor that, you know, it's that type of shtick. I never love that type of stuff. I do like Spinal Tap because I think it's funny and it's, it's, it is very true to, you know, real life being in a band, some of those things that they go through. And, but it, I just, some of the humor is just a little bit too, too out there for me. I'm on board with um, the, um, the Monty Python stuff, but I happen to love the Monty Python stuff. So, but yeah, I see what you mean when you talk about Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, it's an, I, and I'm and I'm not knocking people who like it. I just think it's an acquired taste. It's a very what what kind of humor is that? What do they call that again, Ernie? Is it slapstick? Is it no? What is that? It's kind of a intelligent comedy, which I could. <laughs> That might be why you don't you're not a fan of it so much. <laughs> All right, you son of a bitch. I walked right into that one. Great pick. I had a feeling that would be on your list. Um that's not the one I was talking about where the the fictitious band becomes a real band. I'll get to that later on my picks. But my number 5 This is a movie about a band and it it, it I love it so much cuz it it's so true to life the upstarts of a, of, an, of a band and hearing your song on the radio for the first time. I'm going with That Thing You Do. We bow in unison, and we're off the stage before the applause dies out, right? You have your pick? Right here. All right. Keep these with you. Put them on, put them on, put them on. There you go. You guys look great in red. Have I told you that yet? Let's give a big welcome to the latest addition to the Pantone Galaxy. Go, 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 Doing that thing they do. Tom Hanks, uh, I, I believe, directed it. He also stars in it as the band's manager. And it, it's about a band in the 60s that writes a one-hit wonder. And, it, you know, it shows the, you know, the rocket ride up to the, the up the charts and superstardom, hearing their song on the radio the first time. I remember that scene in that movie is so true to life. 
I re- can never, I'll never forget, especially even more so the, the first time we saw Z-Rock, a Z-Rock commercial, my band Z02, Z-Rock, on TV. We saw a commercial for it on MTV while we were watching MTV. Brooklyn Rocker Z02. We got him on the phone. Medina said you guys are brothers. Oh, related brothers. Not from Africa, bro. <laughs> I want to have some fun. Are we wearing pants? I haven't thought that far ahead yet. This guy's like a schizo. He can either make or break your career. You call yourself a musician? Shut up! Okay, okay, you don't have to scream, I you don't have can. to scream. How's it going, party boy? We really love those channels. I'm cool. Could you name like any other song besides that? Who here has directed a rock video? I'm very excited. You can't tell because I had the Botox this morning, but they are back and feet in your eyes. I am a huge fan of you guys. I think we've hit a low point. And we were all in separate hotel rooms and we started losing our mind, calling each other, put on MTV, put on MTV. It was it was right out of that thing you do when they're running down the street, screaming at people to put on the radio to hear their song, that thing you do for the first time. You know this movie, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Um, it's funny. Um, it, it's, a, it's a very good movie. It's funny, though, it's the one lull in the 90s for Tom Hanks. Lull, lull your ass. I love uh, that movie. Between Forrest Gump and Saving Private Ryan is when this movie came out. Well, I did. It just so happens to be two blockbusters, but I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. If those three movies are on, I'm watching that thing you do. I'm sure you are. <laughs> that thing you watch. There's just so many funny scenes in the movie where... You know, they call themselves the Wonders, and they spell it O-N-E-D-E-R-S, Wonders. And, you know, they get announced as, and here they are, the O-Neaters. <laughs> Stuff like that is just so true to life. You you know, bands try to be too smart for their own good, and it always backfires on them. There's just so many great scenes in that movie. If you're a musician and you haven't seen this movie, go out right now and see it. It's a feel-good story about this up-and-coming band and how they get a one-hit wonder and then one guy gets an ego and then it comes crashing down it's it's so true to life i like in particular what uh, tom hanks is such as a manager but he's also like their best friend until Un- the money is suddenly challenged and then suddenly boom, he instantly becomes evil it's it's a great moment in this movie and even that, so true to life, you know, people in the music industry that, that watch this podcast, I, I'm sure they know, you know, you're always fr- best friends with your manager, best friends with your label, best friends with your network, whatever it is, while you're on top, everyone loves you and you're, you know, you're the golden child. But if something is questioned about money, especially, look out. Everyone is out for themselves. And all of a sudden, you know, people are slicing each other's throats behind the curtain. It's it's sick. It's a sick industry. All right, Ern. Back to you. Number four. What do you got? Uh, the doors. Uh. Everybody in. The ceremony is about to begin. Bobby Krieger, guitar player. John Densmore. Percussionist, 22 years old. 
far out. Uh, Pamela Morrison, ornament. Raymond Daniel Manzarek, 1212 39 position. Name, occupation? Uh, Jim. Morrison but that's okay because Jim Morrison is such an entertaining character in music history uh, for me. Um, incredible. Uh, this movie also has more nudity than any teen sex comedy I've ever seen. <laughs> Just another plus. I, I definitely saw this movie. I don't really don't remember it, believe it or not. I haven't seen it probably since it came out. I got to watch that again. I think I saw it twice in the movies. Um, I was a you know big Doors fan and a age 21 or so. And I think my brother was working at the movie theater at the time, which means I was getting up at the break. Convenient. Does he still work there? Can we can we get in? <laughs> no. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a lot to say about it. I don't know that movie that well. Like I said, I, I got to go back and watch it, but I do remember liking it. Yep. All right. My, my number four is a real oddball choice. This is... People are going to... Definitely knock me for this choice and laugh at this choice. But growing up, again, <clears throat> this movie came out in 1988. I'm 14 years old. Now my, my dream is to be, become a musician. And even on a smaller scale, just to kind of just travel in a van and like be part of a band doing things like bands do. And this movie kind of really shows that weirdly well. And the movie is called Satisfaction. I just want this summer, just one summer, please. I'm talking about a good time here. An entire summer at the beach and getting paid to boot. We finally got a chance to someone a little class. I say we do it. Well, let's vote on it. Making it is their dream. We better not blow this audition. This place is heaven. This summer is their chance. Can't you be subtle? Who the hell are you, people? I'm Jenny Lee, and we're here for the audition. We have come a long way. We deserve our shot up there. They're playing for what they want. See where I grew up, people usually end up where they started. And I've got to take it out. And having a wild time getting it. Where's the dip? All the dips are dancing. I think you're really different. I can work really hard to be the same. Come on, Jen. We want all filthy details. Use all the bad words. One band. One dream. One summer. So what the guy said. What do you think he said after seeing the best band around? Justine Bateman. You know this movie, Aaron? Justine Bateman. Bateman. Yes, Justine Bateman from Family Ties. A young Julia Julia Roberts is in it. Um, even Liam Nielsen is in it as as uh, the club owner. It's it's about this all girl band that gets hired to play like this summer place for the summer, and how they live in this little this little crappy shithole beach house for the summer while they're playing gigs 
at the, just this local bar on the beach. But it just kind of shows like everyday life of a band from traveling in the van, singing songs to arguing on the beach about certain things and arguing on stage about certain things and then getting to it into a fight with the manager or getting into a fight with people. It just, to me, it was such a refreshing look at, at, a, at a band, up-and-coming, you know, crappy bar band that you never see. You know, there's always movies about the doors. And like I said before, one-hit wonders. This movie was the opposite. This movie was the lowest rung of the band ladder. And I loved it because that's where I was. I was just starting out, and I would have given anything to be, to get a summer gig the whole summer on the beach, play every single night at the same place, go to the beach all day and have fun all day, and then go to the go to the beach bar at night and play. That was, you know, that was a weird, just a dream of mine. Never mind playing in Madison Square Garden. I would have just taken that at 14 years old. I, I gotta agree with you. Uh, that is an oddball choice. <laughs> Again, same time of thing. Most people probably didn't see this movie. I even searched for it last night. It's streaming absolutely nowhere. You can't find this thing anywhere. I have the DVD, but go out and try to. There's some clips of it on YouTube. The There's a girl guitar player. I forget the actress's name, but she's such a great singer. They do so many cool like cover versions of Knock on Wood and uh, Mr. Big Stuff. Some really cool music in, in the show, too. Even Justine Bateman... Um, sings her ass off. She's a really good performer in this movie. I, I loved it. And this is before Julia Roberts is anyone. This is like her, really like her first thing. She wouldn't have been in the movie otherwise. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> All right, back to you, you son of a bitch. Oh, boy. Uh, well, my number three, Almost Famous. So you're the kid who's been sending me those articles from the school newspaper. What do you like, the star of your school? They hate me. This is Rolling Stone magazine. We got a couple copies of your stories. I think you should be writing for us. We can only pay, let me see, $700. All right, a grand. Does anybody remember laughter? I'd like to interview you or somebody from your band. Oh, the enemy, a rock writer. From 2000, I gotta throw the year out. It's part of the job. <laughs> um, it's actually one of my first dates with my future wife, so you know the movie means a lot to me. Uh, so which is why I like it so much. But strangely, she don't care for for it so much. Wait, the it, when you say the your future wife, do you mean a wife you're gonna marry in the future from now? No, <laughs> it was the the one that I would one day marry. Oh, I thought you were talking about maybe Phoebe Cates. In the future. Uh, I think uh, that ship has sailed. <laughs> we almost had the Spice Girls, though. That's, any one of them, right? It didn't matter? <laughs> All of them? <laughs> that's, no, great. Again, great movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun movie about almost like the, depress, the depressing version of the movie that I just said. It's, it's an up-and-coming band traveling in, in a van and about groupies and stuff like that. Killer, killer movie. You know that Elton John song, Tiny Dancer, was not a hit before that movie? Is Really? It was the movie that uh, put that song into the stratosphere. Did it become number one after that movie? No, I don't think so, but it became a huge hit. Wow. And it was a hit before that. I always thought it was 
Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It's not what it is? Uh, uh, close enough. Oh. <laughs> That's the way I always sang it. No, almost famous killer movie. Great movie. Again, I, I, this is a great episode. I love these are great, great movies that people don't probably remember that much. This category is I, I talk about these types of movies with my students all the time. Go out and watch some of these movies to, if you don't know what it's like to be in a band. And, and you know, the, the movies we're talking about so far are kind of all different levels of, of, of bandom and, and artist. So it's, it's kind of cool to see all the different aspects of being a, a touring musician and a recording artist and, and then some. Bandom? <laughs> no good? That's not a word? I don't know. <laughs> if this is like Boggle, I got to challenge you on that one. Well, hey, do you know what band they were opening for when the movie started, when they first all met? Oh, my God. I think I... It, I don't remember. Black Sabbath. Ugh. I'll edit that out. Were they... Re are you sure? Uh, that's the exact type of thing that I would immediately that's focus on. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, I challenge you on that. You challenge me on my word? I challenge you on that. You go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm right great pick great number three but my number three is better okay now i think i had this right where this was a fictitious band and then it kind of became a real band and i'm this talking about what this meets the phantom in the park no stop it <laughs> that's that's later on um i'm talking about john belushi and dan Aykroyd, oh. the blues brothers Two men with a mission, and only 11 days. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Oh, our lady of plastic acceleration, don't fail me now. Beep. Well, me and the Lord, we got to understand it. We're on a mission from God. Oh, that's a that's a great movie. I didn't even think of that movie. Wasn't even on my radar. Oh, what a great movie. And again, yeah, you don't you maybe don't think of it as a band movie, but you know, obviously they were on a mission from God and they were getting the band back together. And it, it's I mean, going to play that when they play that place, uh, that they they basically steal the gig from the good old boys and they're performing behind chicken wire and they get basically booed off the stage, they get glass thrown at them and bottles breaking. And then they slowly win win the uh, crowd over with you know they do rawhide from the TV show. It's just a such a great scene. I've been to places and I've played places where the you walk on stage and the the people are like, "Who the hell are these idiots?" And then you win them over by the end of the night. We didn't have to play rawhide a lot of the time, but it 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 was just a it's a just a fun movie. And obviously the comedy aspect of that movie is off off the hooks. That was similar scene in a TV show I used to watch where the band um, was in a was put into a gig, which was not their normal um, 
uh, what would you say, a crowd, I guess. And they played a song called Radio. What what TV show is that? And I, I, it sounds familiar. Something with Alphabet. <laughs> Let me think. Hold on. <laughs> Z-Rock sounds right. It's funny you mentioned Z-Rock because even though it's a TV show, that will be on my honorable mention later. Oh, not surprising. <laughs> No, so was I right? So the Blues Brothers start. Did they start on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, they were. Uh, they performed on Saturday Night Live. So I, I guess once you perform, you're officially a band. I guess right. Yeah, but it was kind of fictitious. They did it as you know, as skits and stuff like that. And then, even after the movie, they like toured and stuff, right? Yeah, but I think they only ever did covers. Right, but what I mean. What a great movie. I remember there's a scene in that movie. When, first of all, the car chase at the end is what an incredible scene. Absolutely insane. There's a scene when they're driving through the mall in the, with the police car. And the car's just wiping out, you know, shop after shop. And they wipe out a music store. And every even now to this day, especially when, as a kid when I saw this, because I always wanted a new set of drums as a kid and I could never afford them. They wipe out a set of Ludwig drums, and I, and I go every time I watch it, I go, oh, I just I can't watch it. It's almost like watching a dog get run over by a car. You know, um, I'm thinking about that movie. Um, give me an idea of what age I was and what I was really into in that movie. I see Princess Leia in that movie. I'm like, oh my God, Princess oh, Leia! Of course, Carrie Fisher. Yes, of course. I'm watching the credits at the end, and I'm like, who's Princess Leia? Who's Carrie Fisher? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell's Carrie <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, because that comes out 1980, I think, the Blues Brothers. So that's like the same year as Empire Strikes Back. Yep. So, yeah, Princess Leia is the biggest thing in our world at that time. Yep. Oh, and she plays such a great character. She She's trying to basically kill John Belushi the whole entire, whole entire show, and then Belushi charms her at the end. And gives her a kiss and drops her right in the mud. It's so great. <laughs> oh, it's funny we're laughing now. We're not going to be laughing later, I think. <laughs> All <laughs> right, we're flying, Ern. What do you got? Number two. My number two uh, from 1964. Ooh. A Hard Day's Night. It's been a hard I've tried to de describe this movie to people that didn't see it, and it sounds terrible in description. But it's fall out of your chair funny to me. So much fun. Tell me the description you tell people. That sounds terrible. I say it's like uh, one day, basically, uh, the, the band is running around and trying to get away from people chasing them. I got to tell you, though, um, if you watch this movie, uh, the Beatles were a good group. They were pretty good. Underrated. Underrated group, right? Yep, a couple of good songs. One or two. The early stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Before they sold out. Absolutely. What a great movie. I think you turned me on to this movie. Absolutely phenomenal movie. Really? It, 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 tell me it's not... Uh, it fall out of your chair. It's it's so funny. And it's one... 
it's one of those movies to me, when I saw this, I like the, and I love the Beatles. I like the Beatles more after watching this, just seeing their person. Cause you know, you think of these, the Beatles as these gods, you know, writing this incredible music. You see them in this movie. They're a bunch of crazy kids. That's all they are. So much fun. Good stuff. Absolutely. Great, great, great movie. Choice by me. Decent choice. No, it's no satisfaction, but it's up there. Oh boy, wait till you hear my number one. It's gonna be a big fight. Go ahead. John Lennon is no Justine Bateman. Uh <laughs> true. <laughs> All right, my number two. There's two of these. And I'm going to go with the first one just because it's it's the original. It's a better movie. But two is a very underrated movie, which I'll mention later. But I'm kind of mentioning it now. I'm talking about Eddie and the Cruisers. Fictitious movie, um, the, the band in the movie is, is uh, John Cafferty, sings all the songs, all original songs for the, for the movie. What a great soundtrack. The, the actor, Michael Parr, is uh, singing these songs. When I found out that he wasn't singing these songs when I was a kid, I was blown away. Because this guy, his vein is popping out of his neck as he's singing. He looks like he's singing these songs. When you see John Cafferty sing it, you're like... That's not the guy singing these songs. It's got to be Eddie, and the, Eddie from Eddie and the Cruises. It looks so weird seeing the real guy, which I think eventually probably hurt their career. But this movie, same type of deal. It's it's a it's basically the Jim Morrison story. It's it's about a band. This the the singer is a true artist, and and he has this poet guy kind of writing the lyrics for him. And even though Morrison wrote his own lyrics. And it's about how, you know, he wants to change music and he wants to get into more serious stuff. And they become the biggest band in the world. And then he basically fakes his own death because the record company won't let him do the serious music he wants to do. They want him to keep doing the same old rock and roll type music that they're doing. You know, I think it takes place in the 60s. And he fakes his own death. And at the end, you know, I know I'm giving away the ending if you guys haven't seen it, but at the end... You basically see a news report and the guy's watching the news report and you see his reflection in the screen. And it's just it's just a chilling movie. Again, same thing, up and coming band writing these hits and, you know, getting their big break and getting their record deal. And you want to choke the guy for, you know, kind of leaving that record deal on the table and, and disappearing and faking his own death. because like And his band is so mad because... 
you know, they can't believe that this guy is gone and they lost their, their superstardom because they're nothing without him. But it's just a great, great movie. And number two basically picks up right where number one left off. Eddie is kind of back. It's called Eddie Lives. He reforms a new band in disguise, never tells anyone that he's Eddie from Eddie and the Cruises. And it's how that new band even becomes big because he's so, so talented. You know this one, Ern? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you say Jim Morrison did, but that also sounds like Elvis or even Tupac. Yeah, good, yeah, good point. <laughs> All three of them are still out there somewhere, probably. I had to throw one of those names out to get you ready. Oh no! <laughs> All right, Ern. I know my number one's gonna be better than your number one, but what do you got? Well, I gotta tell you, I the last time I was this nervous was when I had to choose my number one Billy Joel song and I knew it was going to be ripped apart. It was like, stop when stop in Nevada. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember it very, very, very fondly. I was like, are they even going to know what I'm talking about? <laughs> All right, my number one is straight out of Compton. I heard you've been spending a lot of time at your auntie house. How's the couch life? Yeah, my woman and my baby living there is hard, man. You know, everybody can't do what you do. Really, what I do getting played out, Dre. Where the money at? Why you gotta be so ruthless, cuz? I'll make a few changes. Where you think you going? I'm just trying to get home. That's my son. You need to get back in the house or I will ruin your life. I gotta talk to my moms like that. You had the chance to change the situation. Would you take it? Just hit that first beat hard, all right? You cruising down the street. All right. Cruising down the street in my 6 foot. Hey, that was dope, eh? <sighs> it's, as, it's as much a gangster movie as it is a music movie. And I must watch it every time I come across it. I told you you were going to love it. Honestly, I can't say anything about it because I've never seen it. I have no desire to see it. You telling me that it's your number one band movie also gives me no desire to see it. I just, I, I don't like the music, never got into rap. I do like, you know, some of these crazy gangster movies that you've showed me over the years, but I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of this, this music. The opening scene, before it even tells you what the name of the movie is, you know how these have like opening scene, then the title of the movie. The opening scene is incredible. Well, it tell is, everyone what this movie's about. Um, it's the NWA story, but it doesn't really even get into the music to about a quarter to a third into the movie. So it's all a menace to society, boys in the hood type story. Well, well then, now we're talking. Hold on. That I might like. That's the. I mean, menace to society, all that stuff is killer. So if that's if that's the style we're talking about here. I can, I can go for that. The first scene is unbelievable, though. I don't, I don't want to give it away so much. But well, I remember you, you basically sold me on Menace to Society the exact same way. I was like, ah, I don't want to watch this. And you're like, listen, watch the first scene, and if you don't want to watch it, we'll shut it. Two hours later, we were finished with the movie. <laughs> I had to keep watching. Well, O-Dog is... An, is God. Don't tell me it's better than the first scene in, in Menace. I like it better than the first scene in Menace. Shh, but shh. Now, however, however, I do want to say Menace is a better movie overall. Though. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. 
Menace, I, is, Menace might be the greatest movie in that whole genre to me. Even better than Boys in Hood. I agree. I'm with you on that. So your picks, we didn't recap. So your picks, number five, Spinal Tap. Number four, The Doors. Number three, Almost Famous. Number two, a little band called The Beatles in Hard Day's Night. Number one, Straight Outta Compton. I apologize. <laughs> I, knew, you, I knew you were going to hit it. <laughs> I'm, I, I hope the viewers don't tune out after that pick before they get to hear my number one. So let me recap what I got so far. I got number five, That Thing You Do. Number four, the world famous starring Justine Bateman, Satisfaction. Number three, the Blues Brothers. Number two, Eddie and the Cruisers. And my number one movie about a band. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I don't know who the hell, what show you're watching. Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. It's, it's really in my top five, probably top five movies of all time. It is. You got to understand, when I saw this movie as a kid, I'm, you know, I'm the biggest Kiss fan in the world. I didn't see this when it originally aired. It aired like on Halloween or right before Halloween 1978. I was a little bit too young. I saw a replay of this probably 1981-ish, I think. That's when I first saw it. So I'm seven and Kiss is already, you know, my world to me at this time. I saw them already in concert when I was five. So when I hear that Kiss has a TV special coming on, I'm losing my mind. And I remember watching this thing, and I, I put my VCR tape in, and I recorded it, and I watched this tape, not exaggerating, probably 300 times. And I wore the tape out. It's completely distorted. I still have the original tape, but I watched this tape Every single day, at least once a day, if not twice a day, all the way through. I would fast forward the whole beginning until you see Kiss, which is about the first 20 minutes. And then I would watch the whole movie, rewind it, watch it again. I don't know what to say. Have you seen? Have I, I ever made you watch this? I might have seen it the actual first time it ever aired because it was a, a moment in history. It was a it was a big deal when it was aired. Yeah, like people that did not even know who Kiss was. Well, I, everybody knew what Kiss was at that moment in history, believe it or not. But who even, didn't even couldn't even name a Kiss song. 
you know, kids, we were, we were watching this movie. Right. Kiss was all over lunch boxes and everything. Kiss was at, right. Kiss was the biggest thing in the world, 1978. Yes. The thing that drives me crazy about this movie. Listen, is it campy? Is it ridiculous? Is the storyline ridiculous? Of course it is. So is Hard Day's Night. This is Hard Day's Night meets Star Wars. This is, you know, a Hard Day's Night with superheroes in it. That's what I want. That's Kiss. It, it was a fun movie. Kiss was great in it. There was music in it. The act, even Kiss's acting, I don't care what anyone says, was pretty good. It was a fun movie. See, I never even saw Kiss speak at that point. I never even saw them talk. So to see them talking on camera rather than just hearing music on a record, I never even saw a live clip of Kiss playing before I watched this movie. So you got to understand, just for the concert videos alone, I love this movie. Even there's a, there's a scene at the end, basically the storyline is, Kiss is playing this amusement park in California, and there's an evil guy that works at this amusement park that makes animatronics, like basically robots that do stuff in the park, like a robot Frankenstein or a robot Dracula that kind of gets up and all that stuff. And he creates four robot mem Kiss members. And he wants them to take over for the real Kiss because he hates Kiss because they're ruining his park and all his, his creations. And it's how Kiss battles the robots. It's, it's amazing. Even at the end when Kiss battles the robots on stage and... You know, the the fake kiss does this this knockoff version of Hotter Than Hell called Rip and Destroy. I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Again, just a great fun movie. If you like Kiss, if you like just fun movies like this, go watch this movie. Ernie, give it another chance. I'll watch Straight Outta Compton. Actually, next time you come over, we'll watch both. We'll just watch the Kiss one first. So you're saying the fake kiss... The guy wanted the, the fake kiss to take over the real kiss. So this was kind of foretelling, wasn't it? Oh, shit. <laughs> Gene, I didn't say it. Ernie said it. Hate mail to Ernie. But it's funny that you say that because people wonder, like right now they're doing uh, the last tour and Peter and Ace aren't involved and people are asking if Peter and Ace come out for one last show, what do they do? Do they wear the makeup? And if they do wear the makeup, it's going to be like the scene in, in Kiss Meets the Phantom. They're going to be on stage, two Catman and two Spacemen. Are they going to battle? I would, oh, just so you know, if they recreated that scene live on stage, I would probably lose my mind. That would be great. Oh, yeah. it would be absolutely epic. Just as a, a goof and a knockoff, they should. That's, that's the fun they should do. Don't take themselves too seriously. You All right. Gene remembers this movie? Well, that's the one thing I do hate. Paul and Gene, over the years, constantly knocked this movie. They they put it down because it was so campy. They have to know going in it was going to be campy. I mean, come on. You're reading the script. You're on set every day. You approved everything. You know, Kiss is funny. Obviously, you know, the, the reaction of the audience dictates how they rewrite history. Music from the Elder flopped, so, you know, they rewrote history and say, we hate this album, we hate, you know, we don't like anything about it. Meanwhile, when it came out, they thought it was the greatest thing ever. Same thing with Kiss Meets the Phantom. If Kiss Meets the Phantom was more accepted by the general public, they would love it to this day. I just hate, you know, rewriting history like that. Kiss Meets the Phantom was exactly what it was supposed to be. Like you said, they're on lunchboxes, their comic book came out, 
They're 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 doing everything they can. They have dolls in in every toy store. They put out a movie where they're superheroes. It's the next logical step. It was exactly what everyone thought it was going to be. Financially, it was a well, financially, you know, they got paid for it. They got they made a lot of money on it. Was it a big success? It was a TV movie. It got great ratings. So by rating standpoint, yes, it was great. The critics hated it because it was what it was. But the critics also hated every Kiss record. So, who, you know, who, who's to say who's right? Yeah. Critics hated every Led Zeppelin record when it came out. So Critics are morons. Speaking of morons, what do you got? Give me an honorable mention of two or three. I got three, and there's another one you're going to hate. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, I don't know if you're going to like any of these. Um, Eight Mile. Ugh. The end of the movie. Jesus. Um, Walk the Line. That I like. The Johnny Cash movie. And the last movie, which actually might be the best movie I mentioned today, but I don't know if it fits in the criteria of this uh, Amadeus Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that was good. Can I ask you something? How the hell do you leave off Purple Rain? Purple Rain, if this was a top 10 favorite, it would have made a top 10. Purple, Purple Rain, you don't even, even <laughs> it doesn't even meet your, your honorable mention? Purple Rain is, if you would have asked me this question in the 80s, Purple Rain would have been number one. But every one of these movies, I do enjoy more than Purple Rain now. I don't even know if I would watch Purple Rain by myself anymore. It's more of a, I don't know. It's not that great as it used to be. Well, Purple Rain is definitely on my honorable mentions. Uh, I got Purple Rain on there. I got, like I mentioned earlier, Eddie and the Cruises 2, which nobody knows. Everyone shits on that movie if they have seen it. It's still a fun movie. If you like the first Eddie and the Cruises, you like the music, there's great music in it. It's just a feel-good story, how he puts a band back together, doesn't want to ever be Eddie again, and then slowly, you know, someone recognizes him, and at the end, he reveals that he's Eddie again, and, and he's on top of the world. It's, it's, it's a great movie. And the other one, again, I think most people don't like this movie. I thought it was a fun movie, and it was exactly what it was supposed to be. Motley Cruise the Dirt. I thought they I thought they did a great job. I didn't like it. The book is incredible. Oh, the book is way better. I agree with that. Why didn't you far, like it, Ern? Uh I will say there's one scene from The Dirt that I really did like when um when the band plays their first um practice. Yes. It's all screwy and bad and then suddenly everything clicks during Livewire. That was fun and that was cool. Um Otherwise, I, I, I didn't love it. It didn't do it for me. I mean, I know people people's big complaint was, oh, they jumped around too much timeline-wise, or that song can't be played during that, and they skipped over all the, uh, the these years. People have to understand, especially big Motley Crue fans, you can't just put every single thing in. They made the story whole. They had to put all the relevant stuff in. They, put, they couldn't... Put all the John Karabi years in the dirt. It was irrelevant to the movie. The movie was exactly what it was. It was about this upcoming crazy band, all the 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 shenanigans that they did as this young band. You know, from you know, uh, with the scene with Ozzy by the pool snorting the ants and all that stuff. 
to you know to the end where that you know they kind of get back together after Vince leaves and all that stuff. So it was a whole story. Yes, did they have a they had a million gaps in it? Of course, but it was still a fun, it was a fun movie and it captured who Motley Crue were. It was a fun movie. I, I watched it twice. So I, yep. It just does not make it uh, the cut compared to all these other movies, like Straight Outta Compton, for example. Oh. <laughs> all right, this was a good one. Again, all these movies are great, maybe with the exception of Straight Outta Compton. Um, I highly recommend going to see any of these movies. Send us a list of your top five movies about a band. Or just, you know, music movies in general about mu- musicians or anything like that. No documentaries, only, you know, fictitious movies like this or based on reality. But it's, it's you know, what do they call it, Ern? Biopic. Biopic, yes. Thank you. And uh, send your emails to top5withjoeycasada at gmail.com. Let us know your favorites. Give us some categories you want us to talk about in the upcoming weeks. Ern, any final words? Uh, just that. No, no final words. <laughs> Don't forget, we also have top five T-shirts on sale on Amazon.com. If you type in Joey Casado, they'll pop up along with some of my other merch with Joey Licious and Z-Rock and all that stuff. But top five T-shirts available now on Amazon. All right, Aaron, this was a fun one. Oh, that's not top five. That's Queen, you bastard. Oh, speaking of which, No, Bo- no Bohemian Rhapsody? You know, I liked it while I was watching it, and then I never wanted to see it again. Got to tell you? Didn't like the movie. I left that movie hating Freddie Mercury. I hated. I hate him in that movie. I'm not saying they portrayed him wrong. It just made me not like the person. You know what movie was even worse? Was the Elton John movie. I didn't see that yet. It's, it's even worse. It's, me- meaning same type of deal? You don't like Elton after it? Well, I mean, it's, it's not interesting to watch. It's not entertaining. It's, they, they blew it. And my other honorable mention that I didn't, that we talked about earlier, of course, if anyone out there doesn't know my old TV show, Z-Rock, go watch Z-Rock. It's on my YouTube channel right now. There's two full seasons, guest stars galore from Dave Navarro and Dee Snyder and Joan Rivers. Uh, even Ernie makes a couple appearances on Z-Rock. What's, what's your t- official title again? Man in Crowd. Man in Crowd. And you nailed it, too. You did great. You could also stream them on Roku, on the, the official Roku channel. Z-Rock, both seasons are, are streaming now. But again, a, if, you, if you're if you a musician about an upcoming band and living into, living together and traveling in a van, Z-Rock is, is for you. Check it out. All right, Ern. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.